Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel. Let's dive into the message. How can we be a blessing if we can't even meet our own needs? How can we reach out to the hurting if we are one of them? Probably the first key to helping the poor, don't be one of them. That sounds really crass and it might sound a little arrogant, but the Bible is so filled with teachings on prosperity and blessing that have been taken wrongly. 2,000 years ago, if you know your church history, the Christians were crucified. They said that you could see all down the roads of the highways, Christians hung on crosses. They threw them to lions. They tried to make them recant and, 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 and back away from Jesus and instead worship the emperor or whatever was going on. And by the thousands, they stood for him. Then the emperor, the, the emperor of Rome, he made Christianity the state religion. Can you imagine going from being killed for worshiping Christ to now it's the coolest thing in the country? And so it kind of sounds like, uh, well, that was a good thing. Actually, it was a bad thing because the church spread and multiplied and prospered when it stood true to Christ. But now the new leader of the country, who was the new leader of the church, instituted certain guidelines. For example, he taught poverty into the church so that the government could have all the money so to be poor was to be godly if you really loved god if you really were a follower of christ you should be poor and give away your money to the government then they also had places to confess your sins and back then they were government officials so the government knew everything you were doing wrong so they literally controlled the Christian population. That's what was going on. Today in every denomination of Christendom, you will find some teaching of poverty. And that poverty is godly. And that poverty is God's will. But nothing could be further from the truth. And in our teaching today, we're going to unpack 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But before we do, when we find out what God's word says, let me ask you a question. If you go to where true poverty is, how special is it? If you go to the ghettos of the big cities where there's no money, no jobs, what do you find? You find drugs, prostitution, trafficking. Well, you find it everywhere, but you'll find it there horribly. You'll find it unsafe to even walk the streets. Go to countries where true poverty is, and people are killing just for food and stealing just to feed their kids. There's nothing beautiful about poverty. There's nothing godly about poverty. God didn't create the planet from the desert of heaven. God, didn't, God doesn't speak to us and live in the ghetto of heaven 
and encourage us. No, God is in heaven, and heaven is a place that it says is blessed. And when you pray, for example, the, the prayer that Jesus taught, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's will on the earth is as it is in heaven. There's joy, peace, health, blessing, prosperity are in heaven. And his will, very clearly stated here by Jesus, teaching us how to pray, is you pray that his will on your, in this earth is as it is in heaven. His will for your marriage, his will for you, his will for your family, his will for everything you put your hand to is as it is in heaven. There's a, a story that's told about a very wealthy man who bought his brother, whom he loved, a sports car. Gorgeous sports car. I mean, beautiful. So this brother is out driving around enjoying, I mean, the four-speed, the clutch, the leather interior and all the stuff and the mag wheels. And I mean, it's just a joy to drive. He comes roaring and downshifting into a 7-Eleven to get himself a Slurpee. And two young boys in the 12 or 13 or so see this incredibly gorgeous, expensive car come just throatily right into the 7-Eleven. The guy pops out just feeling great about a new car and two little boys go, gee, mister, that's a beautiful car. The man says, I know. He says, my brother gave it to me. One little boy says, oh, wow, I wish. And before he could finish, the man says, I know, I know. You wish you had a brother like that. The little boy goes, no, I wish I could be a brother like that. Jesus taught us in the book of Acts, they're quoting Jesus in, let me find it for you, Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, and it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, all of us have been on the receiving end of being blessed. I could tell you story after story of Sal and I having a need, believing God for something, and all of a sudden, someone just blessed us and it puts tears in your eyes and it kind of it, it's just the most beautiful thing that he would direct somebody and impress someone to meet you at a time of need and we should never be too proud to receive amen but at the same time there was this passion in me even as a teenager that I wanted to be somebody that could give I wanted to resource I, I just knew that I wanted to handle great amounts of money for God I wanted to be able to give it I wanted to be able to see it meet people's needs I remember when I was about 19 years old I was pastoring with my dad or in the church in Selkirk and, and they were, he was teaching on giving and, and, and being led by the spirit and I happened to know of a man and his wife he'd lost his job and they didn't have any money to pay bills it was tight even for food and so I thought well I need to start giving right now I wasn't making much money and all but I thought I want to do something so I went down to the grocery store at 19 and I bought about two hundred dollars worth of groceries back then that was a lot of bags today it's two but uh, <laughs> so I got all these bags of groceries and I remember going down to his door and I thought okay I don't even want him to know it's me so I just left them all on the door where I knew there'd be kids and people going in and out, and I just left. But what was really gorgeous was Wednesday nights, we would do a midweek service, and we would often have a little time for what we called testimonies. And I remember this man, 
standing up and with tears in his eyes telling the story of how he had been believing God just to feed his kids good food. He was trying to think of who he could borrow money from. And, and he walked out the door, and his step was filled with bags of groceries. And I'm 19, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there going, oh, yes! It just felt so amazing, it felt so good that God had used me as a young guy. And I was hooked. From that point on, I have just always wanted to give. And even as, as a church today, it's exciting to me to say, Pakistan has a need. We'll respond the whole TV station across 300 million people. Let's do it. No one else is doing it. Let's do it. Let's go on. Let's do it. I love stepping through a door. And just bringing blessing to people from the smallest little thing of maybe helping a friend with groceries to something huge that is actually impacting countries for the kingdom of God. There's something about generosity that is just, mm, it just gives you something to live for. And at the same time, I'm very aware in meeting people's needs of what I would call mm, manipulators. Have you ever been manipulated with money or for money? I remember a number of years ago, we had a guy in the church who was a pro at it. He'd kind of walk around looking sad. Then inevitably some Christian couple would say, hey, how you doing? You're looking a little down today. Well, you know, I'm going to lose my house. and I can't pay the hydro bills. And they go, what? How much is that? And he'd tell them what it was for the rent and what it was for some of the bills for him just to live, have some food. And they'd write a check for, I think it was between twelve to 1500 But he had already nailed 12 families for it before I caught him. So does anybody here like being manipulated with money? Does anybody here like being scammed? You ever been scammed? We had a guy walk through our church with an investment one time, and he actually had millions of dollars that people had invested in this scheme only to find out it was a, you know, when a guy's living and, you know, with a car held together by duct tape, it's probably a clue you don't want to invest with him. <laughs> so no one likes being manipulated about money. At the same time, if you watch television, and not everybody on television, or even from behind pulpits, I've been in services where I've been manipulated to give. I've been made to feel bad. I've been made to feel like if I don't give, I'm selfish and self-centered. And so I have found manipulators on both sides. I've, I've been, been, been manipulated by people behind pulpits, and I've also been manipulated by people in the pews. And it's not a good feeling. So I want to teach you a few powerful principles that are taught to us by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to put them up one verse at a time on the screen. And I'd encourage you to write this down because it is some of the most prolific teaching on prosperity and blessing in the new covenant. Not in the old covenant. This is in the new covenant. And my desire, my passion, is that you would lose religious bias towards poverty and that you would understand that the church of Jesus Christ is to be a blessing everywhere it goes. We should be a blessing when we do deals with people. We should be a blessing to the people around us. When we find needs, we should have no problem. But we should be sharp towards manipulation and lying and scamming. So let's start reading in verse chapter 6. I'm going to put it on the big screen. It says this, remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also what? Reap generously. Now, some of you have been raised in different denominations where you were taught this. Never expect anything back. Just give and let it go. No one should give expecting to get. How many have heard that? Oh, yeah. All right. That's not true. The devil would love you to think that so that you have nothing to give. Here it says very clearly that when you give away money, it's coming back to you. Now, if you plant one apple seed in the ground, one wee little brown apple seed, you know when you bite your apple and you get that little tough spongy core and there's like seven little brown apple seeds, one apple seed planted in the ground, how many apples come back from that one apple seed? Pretty hard to count, thousands. Harvesting is what makes farmers prosper. If they're prospering, I'm not arguing with the farmers, it's been tough for farmers. But the reason farmers can prosper is you put seed in the ground and what comes back is a hundredfold minimum return. So here he's comparing, and now the entire chapter of 2 Corinthians 9 is about money. It's not about spiritual things, it's about money. And the kingdom of God, and Christians need to wake up to this. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to put your kids through the colleges that they need to for their call. You're never going to be able to give to the things that really stir your passions. He's saying, hey, you should expect to get. Now, people are going to go, oh, man, this is going against everything I've been taught. Can you imagine if you're a farmer and your wife says, sweetie, what are you doing today? Oh, we are going to plant that quarter of a section over there. We're going to put in barley. So he goes out there with his cedar, and I mean all the money for gas and seed and all the things it takes. He plants the whole quarter section, and his wife says, sweetie, what do you think it's going to get per acre? Oh, oh. Oh, no, no, we did not plant that quarter section to get. We did not plant that quarter section to receive anything. That would be wrong. God would not be pleased by that. We're just going to leave and let's go to town. And we're not going to be checking. Just whatever happens will be, will be. We don't expect anything in return. That would be a poor farmer. Okay, that would be a guy that, but yet God compares our giving very easily to planting and reaping, sowing or planting and reaping. So money given away for God's work is never thrown away. You know, all of us have needs and dreams and things we're believing God for. All of us are believing for a vacation somewhere, and maybe you're trying to replace a couch or build a wing on your home or sell and move up to a place with enough bedrooms for your kids. There's always something that we each are believing for in our own lives. And so when you give something, there's this feeling like it's gone. So I don't want to give it because Ugh, I might need it. So it's gone. But when you give to God, it might leave your hand, but it never leaves your life. For that farmer, it has left his hand as it's sown into the ground. But when he turns around and walks off, that ground gives back to him far more than he could ever, ever get with just the seed. So God says, when you give it away, it's coming back. Verse 7 says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Whoa. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God, he loves a cheerful giver. You know, there's so many people who have never started giving. You know, 
life's got stuff and you've, you've got one job or you've got your, all these bills and you end up getting on a credit card and you start paying things with a credit card. And of course, you know what you do when one credit card gets full, you get another credit card. And people have taken their lives to a place where it's tough. And, but the one thing you don't want to do when you are a farmer is ever leave the soil empty. If you leave the soil empty, you're guaranteed nothing at harvest time. Or thorns and thistles begin to rise up, which is like painful in life. And so God's got something here. He's saying, give what you feel to give. Well, that's interesting. Leon, I thought we have to give 10% of what we make. Well, God encourages it. But did you know that in the new covenant, that Jesus has taken the curse from us? And all of God's people, all back through the Bible, every age, every century, something they've always done was to take a tenth of their income and give it towards others and not just live on it themselves. But here in the new covenant, it's saying that each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. That's interesting. Why, why would he say that? Because so many people are struggling and hurting and fearful and could never give away a portion of their income. So God is encouraging something that's going to rock their world. He's saying, start with what you feel good about. Start with what you feel good about. Because if you give in fear, that's not faith. If you give and you're just, your teeth are chattering all week in fear and your knees are knocking all week that, oh man, I've given stuff away because that someone really made me feel embarrassed and really pushed me and, and, I, and I should give. That's, that's not going to work because faith is required to really begin to prosper. So if you've never really established giving, God is giving you a start that says, what do you feel good about? What do you feel good about? And when you give what you feel good about, you're going to put that in cheerfully. Did you know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? So now in your finances, now in your career, now in your investments, in the business that you run, you are beginning to give to God. And the Bible promises here, because this is the Apostle Paul teaching finances to three different countries of churches. This is a letter to the churches saying, this is how money works. And the church today, we need to learn from it. He's saying, okay, 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 you're messed up, you're stressed out, fine, just give what feels good in your heart. Now, notice the word heart is different than the word head. A lot of times I'd hear about a need or I'd watch. I think, okay, we're going to build an orphanage. And an amount would come to me. Oh, this is, then right away my head kicks in. And it just lowers it right down to next to nothing. But when you sense something in here and you begin to obey and listen, it's from the heart. And when you give from the heart, you're excited about it. Now, some say, well, I'm never excited about giving. No, that's not true you would be excited about giving if you went down to the amount that you feel good about. It's just we've got to learn to develop that and recognize that when we give, names are being written in heaven. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Leon Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.